All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Noon Eastern on a Friday. Welcome into Daily Faceoff Live. He is Matt Larkin. I am Tyler Uremchuk, and we are ready for 25 minutes of nonstop hockey talk. Maddie, nothing else you'd rather be doing on a Friday, am I right? I think so, except maybe getting a haircut because this flow is getting a little out of control. But other than that, I'm exactly where I want to be. I just do what I do and wear a hat every single time you're on camera. That way, no one ever knows how long your hair is. Uh, it's also probably the reason I'm balding. But anyways, we'll move on and throw, 30, throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and start with one of the results we saw last night, and it was the Ottawa Senators dropping another decision. It's now four L's in a row for the Sens, who started the year four and two, and it was like, all right, this young Senators team with their new additions like Claude Giroux and Alex Dabrinkit seem ready to take a step forward. Four straight losses now. They drop a 5-4 decision to the Golden Knights last night. Matt, are you confident that the Senators can get this back on track in time to stay in the playoff race, or are there injuries maybe just catching up to them? I'm not super confident, and it sort of it goes back to what I said in the summer, and I think this team is mostly what I thought it was, which is a very exciting, improved offensive team that didn't really do a whole lot to address its defensive woes. If you look at the stats right now, Ottawa's fifth in goals per game. 24th in goals against, expected goals 5-on-5 five five per 60, 7th 
and 20th in expected goals against. So that's pretty much exactly what the profile of this team looked like to me on paper. You get your new additions, of course, Claude Giroux, Alex Dabrinkit. And for the most part, I know Dabrinkit not finding the score sheet that much yet, but we know this top six is vastly improved and they are scoring, but they're just not defending. And we know, of course, the Senators, they were linked in trade rumors to Jacob Chikorin, and that was for a reason. I think that Pierre Dorian understood that he needs to make this team better defensively. And then you factor in the injuries as well. Of course, Josh Norris is missing from the top nine. Alex Formenton is not signed yet, of course. And, and then you have Cam Talbot, who's still out. And it kind of makes sense to me. I think this is roughly what should we what we should expect from the Ottawa Senators so far. Yeah, and the only reason I'll say I have a little bit of confidence that they can stay in the playoff hunt throughout the year is just the Cam Talbot thing, right? Like, they're missing a guy who was an all-star caliber goaltender last season, and if he is 100% healthy right away and he can come in, maybe he makes those defensive numbers look a little bit better. Maybe he helps with that team goals against per game and, and helps that kind of drop a little bit. And that's the one reason. It's a Talbot thing. Like, they know they're not getting Josh Norris back. I don't think if you're a Sens fan, you can sit there and be like, ah, we just got to make that big trade for Jacob Chikrin, and that'll solve all our problems. But Talbot's the one thing. We've seen him in the past be a guy who can steal games on a consistent basis. Maybe he can be that light at the end of this four-game losing streak tunnel for the Sens. Yeah, I think it's a good point, especially because, you know, we always say goaltending is the great equalizer and it can make a mediocre team good. A great example is the St. Louis Blues last year. They were a bad defensive team. They were a good offensive team. They got great goaltending from Billy Huso. They're a playoff team. So I think you could look at the Ottawa Senators. Anton Forsberg could be not bad, but he's not Cam Talbot. And I think maybe if you get Cam Talbot back in time, you're going to see that uptick in goaltending. It's just a matter of when he's going to be back. Will it be soon enough for Ottawa to keep its head above water in such a competitive division? Yeah, absolutely. One team that is almost the reverse of the Ottawa Senators. They started a little bit slow out of the gates and are now just red hot. And that's the New Jersey Devils. Even when they were losing, they were out shooting teams. They were controlling play and the wins just weren't coming. And now everything seems to be breaking their way. Last night, they get a big 4-3 win in Edmonton over the Oilers, scoring two goals in seven seconds in the third period to stun the Rogers Place crowd. The Devils look like, I hate using the word juggernaut, but they look really damn good. And when you go through the shot metrics like we did yesterday with Cam Sharon and the number crunch, it's easy to kind of sit there and, and start to wonder, is this team maybe not just, maybe they're moving out of the playoff contender conversation and moving into a deep playoff run contender, Matt. I think you're right. And it's funny. I said to myself yesterday, if they can go into that game against Edmonton and make a statement, then I'm really going to be impressed. And then they score the two goals in seven seconds. They steal that win. And I know we've talked about some of their numbers already on the show this week, but I've got some more for you, Tyler, because they're blowing my mind. They're making me do audible oohs and ahs. Okay. Devils at five on five, 641 to 395 shot attempts, 360 to 190 out shooting their opponents, 349 to 198 scoring chances. 145 to 72, more than double high danger chances, 65% expected goals. So pretty much almost two thirds for every two goals, the devil score, the opponents expected to score one doubling the opposition. They've been unbelievable. And I think, again, we talked about goaltending being the equalizer. Vitek Vanacek had the bad first game, but 944 in every game since. So even with the injury to Blackwood last night, the non-contact injury that looks scary, it looks like Vitek Vanacek so far is up to the task. And this team with goaltending is looking pretty scary. 
Yeah, with goaltending, and that'll be the big key. Jason Greger earlier today on the DFO Rundown said that he saw Blackwood leaving with a boot around his foot yesterday, so maybe not the most encouraging sign for Blackwood, but Vanacek comes in. What a way to have to enter a game. You come in cold in the second period and have to face the Edmonton Oilers power play right away. He gives up that goal, then he's lights out. He robs Evan Bouchard on a two-on-one, made a number of key saves on Connor McDavid down the stretch as well. That's the one thing with the Devils is the goaltending's got to hold up and they don't have a bonafide number one. Like Vanacek's good. Blackwood can be good when he's healthy, but they don't have a game breaker. Vanacek's playing that way, but if there's one area you can still poke a hole in this team, it's not the forward group. I think the blue line's really, really solid as well, but it's still goaltending for me, Matt. I think it is. And this is someone who in my fantasy league, I have the Devils goaltenders and I've been trying to trade them because I'm a little worried about the long-term forecast. At the same time, if you look under the hood, Vitek Vanishek last year, I think was better than his overall numbers indicated. And I do wonder if the Capitals gave up on him too soon. Maybe this is going to be a case of someone kind of blooming late and becoming a number one when we didn't expect him to. Fair enough. Let's move along here and talk about another team that is red hot right now. And that's a team that's in the Pacific Division, the Vegas Golden Knights. A lot of people, myself included, didn't pick them as a playoff team this year. I thought, hey, they'll be a little bit better because they're healthier, but you can't trust that goaltending. I didn't love their depth up front either. I'm willing to now say I think we overlooked the Vegas Golden Knights in our in our preseason predictions because they just look so damn good right now. And that's goaltending. Yes, Logan Thompson's been great, but everything about this team just looks like it's all going the right way. I think you're right, and it's a mea culpa for me too. I was not high in the Vegas Golden Knights. I did not have them going to the playoffs because I, I thought, I looked at the roster, I said, okay, well, this team missed the playoffs, and then they lose Max Pacioretty from the lineup this year. They lose Robin Lehner for the season. Their biggest offseason addition is Phil Kessel. Why would I expect this team to be better when it didn't even make the playoffs last year? Even I know with the injuries as well, but I think there's a few things I overlooked. One is healthier Jack Eichel. So we know, of course, he came back last year, but just to get himself up to full speed, really feeling like himself again, it takes time coming off the disc replacement surgery. And now he's looking back like the potential superstar version of Eichel, the guy who had a 94-point pace in his last healthy NHL season. So that, I think, is a big factor. And the other thing is, if you look at Bruce Cassidy coming in, a coach that I don't think should have lost his job in Boston in the first place, the previous three seasons, the final three seasons under Cassidy in Boston, they had the lowest expected goals against in the NHL. So teams play really strong defense under Cassidy and Vegas this year. They have the fifth lowest expected goals against five on five. And why that's important is, yes, you're getting great goaltending from Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill, but they're also getting not a ton of quality looks against them. They have good, strong defense in front of them, which makes their jobs easier, which really gets those save percentages going in the upward direction. Brad in the chat says, I still think Vegas is one injury away from being mediocre. That being said, they're smoking hot out of the gate. And you could probably say that about a lot of teams as well, right? Like one injury to a key guy can sink you. I mean, we just talked about the Senators and you wonder if they'd still be losing four in a row if Josh Norris and Cam Talbot were both in the lineup. But I like that you brought up Jack Eichel's name. He was, he's been great this whole year. He was huge in their OT victory the other night. I think we got to put some damn respect on Jack Eichel's name. I think the way things played out in Buffalo that left a sour taste in the mouths of, I think, a lot of hockey fans as well. The way he was kind of portrayed through all that, whether it was right or wrong, I'm not here to discuss that. But I feel like his stock, his star stock, lost a lot in that. And people aren't recognizing or remembering that when he's healthy, he's one of the best centermen in the game. 
That's right. And I really remember something that Mark Stone said to us at the player media trip before the season. He said, in Buffalo, Eichel had to do everything himself. He comes to Vegas last year. He's supposed to be having support all around him. Everybody's hurt. He still has to do everything himself. Now this year, he finally has a healthy team around him. So I think that is definitely making a difference. Yeah, 100%. Let's move along to a new Friday segment we're doing here on Daily Faceoff Live, and it's buy a drink. Maddie, one person from around the world of hockey, or maybe it's more than one person. Maybe it's a fan base. Maybe it's a collection of people. But who's someone right now that you'd like to just sit down and buy a drink for? I want Mr. Jonathan Uberdo to sit down and just relax. I'm going to pour him a big, tall, stiff one. Maybe, I don't know, how many fingers? Three fingers worth of something? Yeah. Because... He is being initiated to the Canadian team NHL experience. And I remember talking to him about the trade in the summer. And I, I was asking him, what does he think about going to this Canadian market? And he said, well, until I live it, I don't know what it's going to be like. So I'll let you know during the season. Well, now he's learning what it's going to be like. And here we have a couple weeks into the year, Jonathan Rubino has one point at even strength. And he's publicly apologizing to the fans saying he vows to do better. And I feel for the guy because... When you're playing in Florida, it's not the same thing. You might get a reporter or two in the dressing room after the game. His family, they're snowbirds. He has a history down in Florida. He used to play roller hockey there. It was a very comfortable and literally warm place to be. Now he's in a Canadian market pressure cooker. He's not experienced something like this since, I guess, his major junior days. So I feel for you, Johnny. I hope you can, you can weather the storm here and, and have a drink on me. I would like to throw a bonus one out here while we're talking about Calgary too. Whoever the reporter was who threw out the, is Chris Tanev playing tonight? And then just got shot down rather aggressively by Daryl Sutter. You didn't deserve that. Whoever that reporter was, if I see you, I'll buy you a drink. Uh, for me though, I'm going to go to Seattle and I'm, I'm going to buy a drink for Shane Wright. Although I legally cannot buy a drink for Shane Wright in, in Seattle because he's not 21. Uh, he can hang out around back. I'll sneak it out to him. I'm willing to do that. Uh, but I just think about what he's kind of gone through over the last little bit. Falling in the draft from, you know, being the guy for the last couple of years, it's the Shane Wright draft, it's the Shane Wright draft. For him to fall to four, that, that, that was probably a tough thing to deal with, but he goes to Seattle. It felt like such a good fit, and just early on, the amount of healthy scratches, he only has the one point, he hasn't scored. You heard the story about, you know, he had family in town, and they didn't get to see him play because he was getting healthy scratch. I'm not saying that the Kraken have any obligation to play him in those games, but I still kind of feel for the guy having to go through this, so... All the talk about, you know, he does he probably doesn't even know yet. Is he going back to Kingston? Is he staying in Seattle? There's apparently a loophole where he can go to the American League for a week. Like, I can just imagine this kid's head is probably spinning. And I kind of feel for him because it's probably been a long year for Shane Wright. I agree. And, and I just, I don't agree with the way he's been managed, especially because I said this before on the show, but Ron Francis went out of his way to talk about Shane Wright playing with the team all year. You're going to give him that vote of confidence. And now you have Dave Haxtell not playing him every night. You're wasting his development time. He could just be back in Kingston getting more reps in now. He never knows when he, he's never quite sure when he's going to play. And even if he's going to be sent down after nine games, well, they're stretching out that timeline. He's spending a lot of time just sort of cooling his heels. I just don't think it's the right way to manage him. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Uh, you said Jonathan Huberto. I said Shane Wright. How about another guy we'd like to buy a drink for? And that's Nick Alberga. Let's get to a little fantasy hockey talk. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Fantasy Hockey Talk delivered by our friends at DoorDash. Nick Alberga, you an old-fashioned guy? You a beer? If I'm buying you a drink, what am I getting? No, lately it's been the ciders, but that's very accommodating of you guys considering drinks are like 15 bucks a piece these days. Inflation, I tell you. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't be buying one for you in Toronto. You can come out to Alberta to get your drink from me where things are a little cheaper. Uh, Let's dig into a little fantasy hockey talk here, starting with a struggling team and one of the struggling teams we haven't hit on yet, and that's the St. Louis Blues. The team is losing, and their star players and key fantasy players are underproducing. If you're a fantasy owner with a Blues player who is just not living up to his draft potential, what would you do with him right now? Yeah, as Matt knows, uh, we put out a weekly uh, mailbag at Daily Faceoff coming out uh, in a couple hours from now. And uh, the major question this week was the St. Louis Blues and what to do with some of those struggling files. I think first and foremost, Jordan Binnington's a guy I'm just fading. Like The guy just wants to fight instead of make saves, so no thank you on that front. Uh, but on the Cairo front, on the Thomas front... I'm going to chalk this up to early season jitters following signing massive big extension. You just talked about Jonathan Huberto, same type of conversation. There's the expectation, there's the pressure to succeed once you sign that contract. And I do think it's a bigger factor than people lead on in the NHL, the sports world right now. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm still also a believer in contract here, Ryan O'Reilly. So quite honestly, I think it's a good buy low time for these guys. Do you agree? I think it's definitely a buy low time for sure. And it's funny, you know, Robert Thomas, a quick little nugget. I I saw him in the summer and he could barely fit through the door. He put on so much muscle. He looked really bulky. So I'm wondering if he's still trying trying to adjust and grow into that new sort of body of his because he clearly put on a lot of muscle. Uh, Another guy I wanted to ask you about, Nick, is someone that I never give enough respect to in fantasy. I find when I'm doing my own rankings, I always underrate... Brock Nelson, because I just think, eh, boring, 25 goals, 50 points. You can find that anywhere. But I'm looking closer and dating back to last season. That's 83 games. I think he has 42 goals in his last 83 games. So I'm curious what you think about this surge from Brock Nelson. Is it legitimate or should owners be trying to sell high? I'm on a mission right now. I'm running the campaign to get this guy owned in more than 45% of standard leagues. Like, it's insane to me. And I owned him last year for half the year, so I was reaping the benefits right away he had 37 tucks last year he's been outstanding this year you look at his body of work Matt through 11 games you know five goals 13 points four power play points two game winners 32 shots on goal 
So it's not like he's just doing one thing. Like he's category stuffing too, which you love to see in fantasy hockey. He's been playing with Lee and Beauvillier. They've been lighting it up. And I think in general, it's a much different team under Lane Lambert. And it starts with a goaltender. I think you're smiling right now if you took a flyer on Elias Sorokin. But I think in general, when you look at Brock Nelson, I think you hit the nail on the head. People think boring. They think New York Islanders. But this guy has been really, really producing once again this year for fantasy owners. Yeah, he's been tremendous out on Long Island. Uh, moving to uh, the situation between the pipes, Jeremy Swayman down in Boston. Who are some maybe waiver wire options between the pipes that people could take a look at if they need help there? Yeah, and Maddie, I just uh, I heard your your thoughts as well. New Jersey's tandem. I'm feeling the same way. But then Blackwood gets hurt last night. I just don't know why. I know the analytics check out in this Devils team. I just can't get to that level where I expect them to be a playoff team. Although that was a really damn impressive win against Edmonton. So that's where I would start. Vitek Vanacek, I think, is a suitable replacement opposite, uh, you know, right now for a guy like Jeremy Swayman. Uh, 4-1-0, 2.06, 9-11, one shutout. And I think the Devils overall, as we mentioned, look really, really strong. Dougie Hamilton, I think, had 30,000 shots on goal last night. He was shooting from everywhere, but he looks like a better player this year. You know, Ditter for Hughes, Heischer, along those lines. There's a lot of more depth on that roster. So I would look at the Devils. I would also look at Scott Wedgwood, not really owned right now, but Jake Ottinger's banged up. I brought him up in my risers and fallers, call him back on Monday on daily faceoff. He's going to get the brunt of the workload here with, with Ottinger on the shelf, and so far, so good. Even got the revenge victory against the Arizona Coyotes last night. Uh, Stuart Skinner, I know there's a bit of a collapse yesterday, but I'm still feeling him. 2 2 and 0, 2.10, 944. And uh, as you guys mentioned, do not sleep on the Seattle Kraken, man. Like last year, my motto was fade the Kraken. This year, it's take the Kraken. Uh, I'm always hesitant on Martin Jones, but the last little while, he's been their number one guy. He's won three of the last four, and he's coming off a shutout against the Minnesota Wild. So there are some options out there for Swayman owners. Yeah, uh, Martin Jones with a surprising shutout of the Minnesota Wild last night. Mm -hmm. Would hate to be someone who bet on the Wild to uh, cover the puck line last night. That sucked. Anyways, I saw uh, that. Hey. I saw that tie, and I'm like, I can't get to that level. Seattle stung me quite a bit this year already. Yeah, I'm now at that point now. I think that was the second or third time I've gone against the Kraken, and they burnt me every time. I thought Minnesota was starting to play some good hockey, but I was clearly mm. wrong. Uh, anyways, Nick, <laughs> appreciate the advice. Appreciate the fantasy hockey talk. As always, this segment has been delivered by DoorDash, where you can use the promo code GAMEDAY25, get you 25% off, and no delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. We'll talk again next week, Nick. I'll wait for that drink right now on DoorDash. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Moving along into our daily face-off inbox question. Matt, today's question, hashtag AskDFO. Which team is most in need of an early season trade to shake things up? Well, Tyler, I hate to be Mr. Clickbaity and steer it. Oh, wouldn't, how does it affect the Leafs? But I just think this is a team that really does need a trade right now to shake things up. Especially if you look at the heat on the seat of Sheldon Keefe. Uh, and you look at the relationship with GM Kyle Dubas in Toronto, I don't think he's going to want to pull the trigger on firing Sheldon Keefe too soon because there's sort of a kinship there. I think that Dubas first, before going that route, would want to improve the team via trade. Of course, we know Jake Muzzin's out. We know that Justin Hole is feeling those boo birds. So I'm wondering about a possible trade for a defenseman. And you could go big. You could look at Jacob Chikrin if he's getting healthy soon enough. And that might require sacrificing someone like a Nick Robertson, making a big move like that. I mean, hey, he's being scratched right now anyways. If you're not going to play Nick Robertson, you may as well trade him. 
Uh, but the other route would be something, maybe a player who's looking for a change of scenery on a team that's also scuffling. And Matt Dumba is a guy I've liked for the Leafs for a long time. He has a versatile game. You can put him on the power play. He can play a physical game. He's on an expiring deal. And with Muzzin on LTIR, the Leafs have more cap space than they previously would have had. So I'm saying Toronto Maple Leafs trade for defenseman ASAP. Interesting, that Matt Dumba name. I thought you were going to go a little bit lower. I thought you were going to hit me with like a like a P.O. Joseph or someone who was like almost on the waiver wire as like a little buy low candidate. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with the Washington Capitals, Matt. And this is a team that is so banged up. We now know Connor Brown isn't going to be back for the entire season. So you have that LTIR money. You should be looking to go make a big splash and go grab a top six or a top nine forward. Things aren't going great. For the Caps right now, they're 5-5-2, five, five, and two, and with all these injuries, you wonder if they can even keep up at that 500 kind of point pace. I think they need to go grab a forward, and I think they got to do it quick. That's interesting, and I wonder, because of that, that cap space, I don't have their cap space in front of me, but obviously get with Brown off the books, and of course Tom Wilson's still on LTIR as well, Nicholas Backstrom, you have a fair amount of flexibility. So are you thinking you go for a big fish? Are you looking at a Patrick Kane? Because the reason why I say someone like Patrick Kane, it's the right wing. That's where the vacancy is right now on the Capitals, and that's where they need help, especially on the first line. So do you go for the big fish? I don't think you go for a big fish. I know on TSN the other day, they were talking maybe Montreal would be a fit with like a Druan or a Hoffman or something like that. I think that's more the direction you go. I threw this idea out to Frank and he kind of went like, with what? Like they don't have a ton of assets that they can move. It's basically mid-round picks and things like that. So I think unfortunately for Washington, you can't go big game hunting. You probably have to just check down a little bit and find whoever's available right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. They're sort of a team that can be the victim of their own success. They just don't have a really stocked prospect cupboard. You have sort of B-level guys like Hendricks Lapierre or Connor McMichael, but you don't have that major blue chipper you can dangle to bring in a marquee name. Fair enough. 100%. Uh, let's move along to our Points Bet Daily Bets brought to you by our friends at Points Bet Canada. I went one and two last night. Like I said, missed on the wild, but I did hit on the Trevor Moore shot prop. So I do have another shot prop ready for tonight. Let's jump into a short two-game slate over on Points Bet. Starting at the top, I am taking the over in this matchup between Buffalo and Carolina. For each of these teams, the over is hit in three of the last four. Carolina playing in back-to-backs as well, so it won't be Freddie Anderson between the pipes for the Canes, or at least we don't think it'll be Freddie Anderson. So I think the over's got a good chance at hitting here. The Sabres have been scoring at an unreal clip as of late, and while, yes, the Canes are a really good hockey team, again, back-to-backs, a, high, a high-powered a high offense or seemingly high-powered offense coming in. I like going over 6.5 in this one, and I also like taking Martin Natchez to go over 2.5 shots. When you look at the value of this compared to, like, even Brent Burns right below him, Minus 120 on Natchez to go over two and a half when he's hit this in four of five and he's just been shooting the puck like crazy. I love this spot. So it's the over in Buffalo, Carolina and the over on Martin Natchez over two and a half shots. Matt, what do you think of those two? I like the bets. I especially like the Martin Natchez one because this is someone who had a first round pedigree. It looked like his career was trending in the right direction just a couple years ago. And it sort of just went off the rails last year for whatever reason, but the talent didn't go anywhere. And he's still young enough to blossom into the star that he was supposed to be. So that might be what we're witnessing. He just took a temporary step back and now he's becoming the player they always wanted him to be. Yeah, he's off to a great start this year. Well over a point per game for the Hurricanes. Let's wrap up the show with a little garbage time. Matt, what do you got? Well, speaking of garbage, Tyler, how about the behavior of Mr. Jordan Bennington? And I think it's growing extremely tiresome. 
if you look at the persona that Bennington shows when he's talking to media, he's very cool, he's quiet, he fires off very clever one-liners. He strikes you as someone who would be extremely composed and calculated during a game setting. But what we see when he's on the ice is often the opposite. He's emotional. He loses his cool. And this is not the case of someone, let's say, like a Billy Smith or a vintage Patrick Waugh who's got some fire in his belly and he wants to stick up for his teammates or he gets fired up when he's in a really competitive situation. No, you're seeing petulant behavior here by someone who loses it when things are not going his way. There's sort of an entitled behavior I think you get from Jordan Bennington. This is just silly trying to bump Ilya Sorokin. What are you doing, pal? You're embarrassing yourself out there. I'm just sick of the act. I don't think Bennington's helping his team. He has to learn to control his emotions or the season is not going to get any better for him. Yeah, I, I think you're bang on with all that. It just feels like every week there's some sort of fake tough guy thing coming from Jordan Bennington where he's yelling at someone or sticking someone or doing stuff like that with Sorokin. And I, I the word is tiring. I, I just... I everyone I think has had enough of it and it does no good for your team especially when you're on a long losing streak like the Blues are that's going to be a wrap on today's edition and this week's edition of Daily Face Off Live for Matt Larkin our head of production Alex Allard and Brendan Bradley who handles the graphics have a good weekend hockey fans Matt or sorry Mike McKenna and Frank Saravalli will be back Monday at noon Eastern Hold up what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.